0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Welcome to ESPN 690. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Um, we obviously are going to continue the conversation today. A little bit of obviously the, the landscape right now of of what's going on in this country, but we got plenty of sports topics to talk to about as well. And obviously it, it can kind of come um, and coexist because Shad Khan actually released a statement today kind of uh, voicing some of his matters um, and some of his thoughts on everything going down. So we're going to break that down a little bit. I also kind of want to get into Drew Brees a little bit right now because Drew Brees um, had some interesting things to say about the national anthem. And right now, there is a bunch of NFL players out there, including his teammates, that have been pretty vocal about how they feel about Drew Brees. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And obviously, Drew Brees, one of the big leaders, not only in you know every single statistical category at the quarterback position, but also a big face in the NFL in general. So we'll talk about that a little bit um, we'll start talking about the NBA it's looking like right now all things considered that the NBA is going to be back on and uh, it's going to take place in Orlando I think right now the board um, of executives or, or the board committee is voting um, maybe as we speak but by all things considered the NBA might be back Kuz loves it he should I, I think I'd America's going to love it
1: for this bubble, man. July 31st I'm okay I, 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 I mean yeah.
2: that's like two months away I know
1: Oh, they got to get everything ready, you know.
2: What roll out a ball?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. you have yeah. tickets. You, you got to get up. people there. You <laughs> got to get the hotels ready. You got to get the stadium or wherever they're playing ready. Like I have a lot to to move around.
2: You weren't at all surprised that it was July thirty first.
1: I mean, I was surprised that it was that late, but we're canceling Fourth of July fireworks here, and that's still a month away.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I understand, and that's probably it's a good point. Is that there's other other parts of the country are dealing with coronavirus and the pandemic in a different way than the state of Florida still. uh So the restrictions are a little bit different. And, and we're talking about all across the country getting these 22 teams. I just still feel like two months whoa. away was like, whoa, okay. I mean, you can, the sports leagues can kind of do whatever the heck they want no, if, if they want to do it. Uh, yeah. reg- it's not like people can't fly. It's not like people can't go out of state anymore. And that's I think open everywhere in the United States. I just thought, uh, I'm just a little surprised by it, but I mean, doesn't matter. Not really. Do they miss a little opportunity because they're going to start up maybe right when football starts up? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they miss that window. That's one thing about the NBA now. NBA goes June and May, and that's where they really have their, their playoffs and championship, and that's where the eyes are on the NBA. Well, they're going to miss that. They're going to get a little muddied up, but all sports could get muddied up because everything will reopen. Well, I don't know if everything will, but it looks like everything will reopen in the fall. What kind of shocked me is... With everything in play out now for the NBA,
0: what is it expected to be over, right? Like, if they go through the playoffs and everything, they do the series, isn't it going to go until – I think they actually voted
1: on that. They, like, had so, a – which would be too long in, like, November. Everyone like was October like, that's 12th. too long, yeah. But
0: this is kind of the crazy thing to me, like – and that's what I thought it was, but I don't know if that was true or not. But, like, the way it's coming across is, you know, the players will be required to stay in Orlando at the facilities until October, so, you mean to tell me that a bunch of grown men with families and everything are going to stay in Orlando during the playoffs until October,
2: assuming you know, obviously, they go to the championship until October?
1: They were working on some family plans, too, I believe, to yeah. have members there, it, but and
2: yes. That, and that's been one of the things about everything uh, from the start of this is okay, how can you go play Major League Baseball in Arizona and Florida and sequester the players for five months, right? Mm-hmm. That was one of the things. Now, everybody who's been home, people who are might have kids and have educated their kids at home might say see it for two months no problem here <laughs> <laughs> how yeah, many yeah. people would raise their hand for that right now Oh, for sure uh, so nice uh, there little be a little bit of that uh, going on uh, even in the nba but you know i think two months is a little bit different uh from uh, let me ask you this and i don't know but when you're locked into a playoff run like when lebron james is locked in for the six or seven weeks of a of a playoffs I I don't know if he's going to the zoo with his family on his day off or or before games. I don't know. I, I you kind of feel like the at least my vision of it is like they are just locked in, you know, to this. now you need away time, and I well, understand it. And he, you're still at home in your own bed. I'm I'm not dismissing that. My my point being is, I mean, it's about winning a championship, and to, and everything else kind of gets psh, shut down to anyway. Be
1: fair. Dennis Rodman went on and wrestled. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, but Where's no. Carmen listen.
2: Electro when you need
1: her?
0: Listen. I just don't see a bunch of professional athletes staying, quote-unquote, in hotels for until October. I don't see a bunch of professional athletes being required, hey, you can't go out to the public, you can't go out to restaurants, because if you do, you have to get tested, and then you have to go through the whole process over and over again. I guess I'm just naive. I mean, I I guess I'm just the minority here, but I can't see professional athletes doing that for two and a half to three months.
2: Yeah, I don't know. You were the one raving yesterday about the, the, the staying in that hotel. Yeah. <laughs> camp. for training camp, which was about 4 <laughs> weeks, not 2 months or so. But okay. Uh so I I I don't know. I obviously they're going to agree to this. It sounds like a it's just a formality tomorrow. So they they figured it out. Uh kind of what we talked about mm-hmm. yesterday the 22 teams uh Orlando will be that host site. And I think it has a, a finite time frame uh which by the way is probably a good time frame if you think of the pandemic when Some believe uh, some experts believe there could be a second wave of it, which would probably be around that October to November time period. And so they could maybe beat that next wave if it comes. I mean, obviously, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't come. But uh, if that does come so interesting development uh, in the NBA, Uh, still waiting on baseball. Not a lot new on the baseball side uh, as the jockeying continues back and forth. Uh, We know golf is getting back. NASCAR is already back. UFC is back. So all things, uh, are on the table. Now, another interesting development in the NFL where we thought maybe mini camps could happen at the end of this month. It doesn't sound like news coming out of Park Ave in New York City is that that will happen. Uh, there is a small chance, according to some reports, that players could get back in the building to some degree later in June. But it, it also sounds like the, the lean here is players will be back in the facilities in the NFL. When training camp opens and that's when training camp opens, not a hard time set for, yes, they will absolutely open at the end of the July like they normally do. So uh, I, I guess that's not totally surprising that last week uh, there was a window of opportunity for maybe some mini camps and, and things that get you a little excited if you're a player or if you're a coach or get them on the field before camp. But if we look at this in totality, we're not surprised probably that players most likely won't be on the field, won't be back in facilities until training camps begin at the earliest.
0: Yeah, we're not surprised, obviously. But if you're a Jaguars fan, I'm sure you're a little disappointed because that was supposed to be the opportunity for the rookies to get adjusted. Okay, And, and there is an adjustment period. Don't get it twisted. Um And it's hard, I think, from the Jaguars' perspective because a lot of those rookies that they got – they have to come in and contribute right away. So it's not about if you're a rookie this year for the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you're taking, you know, in the first couple rounds, it's not about, all right, well, this is how we do things in the NFL. You know, this is what we do here. This is what we do there. This is what practice is like. This is how you take care of your body. No, we need you to come in and contribute right away. And, you know, there's going to be some rookies, I think, that will be throwing the fire a little bit. Um, So you'd like to have that rookie mini camp. You'd like to just have, you know, that, couple of days where rookies can get acclimated they can get acquainted with how things go in the nfl now unfortunately uh they're gonna come in you know cold if you will and be expected to go right away and this kind of falls on doug marone a little bit too here how he's going to conduct practice right because doug marone has the ability now to be like you know what let's slow things down a little bit in the first couple of days let's make sure everyone's on the same page let's make sure everyone's acclimated. And then let's hit the ground running. You know, I think right now, if you're Doug Marone, the biggest mistake that you can make is, all right, well, we've had a long break. Let's, you know, go balls to the walls day one and see what we got. That's how guys get hurt in a number one. And that's how you lose a lot of your younger guys, number two of rookies. So hopefully, um, you know, he airs the side of caution and kind of slows things down in the beginning, then works his way
2: up. I think it's a good discussion, too, and we'll have it a little bit later on. Like, what would your method be? And we've seen coaches try all different things around here, Jack Del Rio to Doug Marone to, you know, whoever. And try go hard, go go a little less, go we've seen it all. Uh, we've seen it all really in like a three year span, quite frankly. Uh but it's also a question even Ku's brought up about the NBA guys. It's like, okay, now with all this layoff, what does benefit young legs or or wise men that have played and, and experience because they know what to expect from their body? Um mm-hmm. uh, I can tell you this, nobody in the NBA knows what it's like to compete in the playoffs in August or September. It's mm-hmm. never happened. Uh, I don't think it's ever happened. So uh, at least recently Whoa. enough for these players, so this yeah. is a unique deal. And what does that say to your body clock? See, I'm be a big believer in that. I think there there is something at least in my mind, and this isn't from a physical standpoint, but the calendar kind of dictates the way I think sometimes. You know, the way I feel sometimes. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's the case for an athlete that it kind of your body, you train your body to go at a certain time, mm-hmm. especially if you played football for a long time or another sport for a long time. Can you wake that body back up? Yeah. Out of its hibernation uh, is is an interesting discussion, and will be nobody really knows. We'll find out once the playoffs hit.
0: Yeah, in terms of you know being creatures of habit, I do agree with you here. I think basketball is a little different though, because if you go to a lot of football camps, you go to a lot of football practices during the season. They tend to practice during when game time is going to be. Now, don't get me wrong, like the Jacksonville thing last year practiced like like around nine or ten or so, and obviously when when they come out um in Jacksonville and they play here it's one o'clock. There's a couple hours difference, but. keep... Keep in mind, NBA games are at night, okay, and usually, um, you know, training camps, practice for the NBA players, they're in the daytime. So, as far as the, the body clock, I mean, I do see what you're saying here, and I'm sure playing in August is going to be different for NBA players, but the thing that NBA players have going for them as opposed to NFL players is NBA players right now can play basketball. OK, whether it's in some capacity with teammates, whether it's with family members, but they can get out there, they can get on the court and they can play, you know, like this mock game. Now, it's not going to obviously be as intense. Um, it's not going to be as strenuous as a regular NBA game, but you're still getting that feel. You're still getting those motions. It's hard to mimic an NFL practice. It's hard to Im- it's hard to mimic an NFL game. Sure. You see guys you see Leonard Fournette yesterday posting on Instagram. He's doing all these drills. Gardner Minch is doing his thing. That's great. You know, and then that's essentially building the base, building the foundation for your training regimen. So when the training camp comes, you're ready. But you can't mimic football stuff, right? So when I talk about, once again, the rookies coming in here um, who have never been through an NFL practice, it's going to be a rude awakening for some of them, all right? It's going to be different, and I just hope that the Jaguars start out kind of slow a little bit and acclimate them.
2: Yeah, very good. Uh, we uh, will discuss that a little bit more and how that could impact. Uh, what would your style be? Like, What would you do if you're Doug Marone in that uh, sense? A little bit later on in the show, we have Bobby Ramsey coming up. He's a Mandarin High School coach. He coached Derrick Henry and others at Yulee High School, won a state championship at Mandarin, and going to have him on because of the topics we're talking about these last couple of days, these last couple of shows. Which I've really – I don't know if enjoy is the the right word, but uh, I appreciate the discussion and the dialogue that we've had on the show the last couple of days. What about at the youth level, at the high school level? You know, at at the NFL level, we talk about sports – uh, or even any professional. If we talk about sports in that locker room and it, and it meshes and it unites and it, and it, it doesn't see color, uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. I'm not saying it's never happened, sure. but it doesn't feel like it does. Uh, we've had Richard Sherman say and, and other athletes come out and say, uh, you know, the world needs to be more like a locker room in that sense. But players get paid to play, to essentially get along, if mm-hmm. you will. What about at the most genuine level of sports, which I kind of think is that youth level, high school level. Uh, what about that? And uh, we'll talk to Bobby Ramsey a little bit about that, about high school football, what's happening with that. They missed the spring. Do they feel like they're going to play in the fall? And also about some of the stars he's had, from Derrick Henry to Jamari Peacock, who's now at Virginia and is going to be an NFL player as a fullback next year, and Carson Beck, who's obviously a five-star guy at Georgia, uh, quarterback uh, now on the campus in Athens. Well, he's on the campus now because nobody's on the campus. Uh, so we will talk about that. But coming up next, Khan's op-ed. What did you think about it? How badly was it needed? Was this the right approach? Uh, To a degree, we're going to dissect it, I guess, a little bit. Absolutely. And uh, what he had to say, his message, what was your takeaway from it? A very important voice in our community. You know, you can disagree with some of the way the Jaguars have been run, uh, some of the decisions they've made, and obviously there's been a lot of losing. But you can't disagree with this. Shad Khan is a powerful and important voice in this community as the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it doubles down with his story. And what he's become, and where he came from, and uh, wrote, uh, wrote a very heartfelt uh, letter to all uh, today, and shared it. We'll talk about it coming up on the other side. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety, on the way. Thanks for hanging with us. Hey, welcome back on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. Brent Martin, along with Austin Lane and Kuz, here on a Wednesday midweek. On Action Sports Jacks and Shad Khan delivers an op-ed message. We'll share that. Uh, Very long, but very well done, I thought. Uh, Very uh, well written. And we wondered if the Jaguars would say anything in some capacity, and I think this meets that capacity. Um, Was it enough? Uh, Will it help? Uh, what's next? I think all those questions do, uh, apply um, to any of anybody though. Uh, and I think that's a lot of the things we've been discussing this week. And, you know, is this time going to be different? Uh, so I think that's part of it. And Drew Brees is really trending now because of some of the comments he made. We'll get to those in just a little bit. And does that, uh, Create a stir not only nationally, not only in the sports world, but also on his own team, Uh, considering his top wide receiver threat, Michael Thomas, has taken to Twitter uh, since the Drew Brees comments. And how you have to do teams have to be at all careful, um, or is this above that? You know, Mm -hmm. do they have to is it is team unity, is team mission, or team missions um, just as important uh, for organizations? Or does this rise above that? And I think that might be one of the lessons we need to learn from the last time, the last time there were protests with Colin Kaepernick. I think what happened was the NFL, the team, 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 people's jobs, the, the uh, ideal to win a Super Bowl, a Lombardi Trophy, trumped anything. Because yeah. that's the mission when you get inside those headquarters. That's the mission once you get on the field. But – does sports have a chance to say, no, screw the mission, screw wins and losses? It's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're an outlet. Sports is an outlet, no mm-hmm. doubt. But we're also an outlet for change. And uh, I think that's one of the things to wrestle with. What's interesting during this time is because of the pandemic, there are no sports happening or very few sports happening. Correct. So we don't have that to offset and to say, oh, yeah, well, we won today at least. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so that's what makes this a little bit of a different time, uh, especially in the NFL. But I think for all sports.
0: Yeah. And, and listen, we can get into it a little bit later here, but it's going to be interesting, too, because the whole Drew Brees, you know, this controversy right now, the reason why he's the number one trending topic on Twitter is because he was asked. What would he do if players chose to kneel again? And let's be honest, right now, Brent, with with the state of the climate, and I understand we're we're still, you know, we're still months away from you know the you know the, regular, the start of the preseason and the football games like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if if players choose to kneel again. I, I honestly wouldn't. And this time it could be a little different because keep in mind the guy who all started, the the, the guy who was you know kind of the architect of taking a knee. Colin Kaepernick is no longer around, okay? I mean, he, he's around, but he's not in the NFL anymore. So now we might be faced with guys like Michael Thomas. We might be faced with like these superstars, these household names who take a knee. Because before, he had the excuse, all right, Colin Kaepernick, maybe he's on the back nine of his career. Maybe he's not the best football player. And let's be honest, maybe he's blackballed from the league regardless. You can make an argument to say he was blackballed from the league, or you can make an argument and say, you know what, he just wasn't that good of a quarterback anymore regardless, though. But when you have guys like Michael Thomas, when you have these household names start to do this, well, then what is that going to look like? And and I think it warrants a discussion.
2: Well, and we can talk about it because yeah. I think one of the bigger questions to ask is something we asked in the last couple of days. How is this different? How will mm-hmm. it be different? We spent a lot of time yesterday talking about Colin Kaepernick and saying how the message did, – did, did his peaceful protest work? Mm-hmm. Did we lose sight of the message? Well, are we about to do that again if – we go back to that form of protesting, yeah. you know, and that's something uh, already just even ask the question of it by Drew Brees. Here we are. Are yep. we are we off on the side road on something that we need to be on the main road about? Sure. If, mm-hmm. if we're going to get change done. Yeah. And it's not it, t- to me, that doesn't say, oh, yeah, you, it, that's patriotism. You shouldn't kneel all those things. No, mm-hmm. forget it. Let's just talk about the message for a second. Mm-hmm. And is the message going to get lost? Yeah. And if I was a black person in this country i would not want the message lost Mm -hmm. right now ever really but i really wouldn't want it lost and so i i think sometimes i I don't know how i think sometimes protests are are born and and maybe even create a life of their own Mm -hmm. and and right now to me this does feel different this time in our country the last week feels way different than any other time that i can remember Mm -hmm. Uh, i think maybe i was a kid you'd have to go back to um la uh rodney, and rodney king. king yeah and around that time yeah. for to see some of this kind of unrest i think uh, again yeah. i might be a little bit off there yeah that been like i think like the, the mid-90s yeah, yeah. But, but as in the, and again i was i was kind of a kid so sure. um I'm you know early teenage years i would say from my adult life this feels different than the at at when colin kaepernick was protesting this yeah. feels different um even to ferguson and mm-hmm. and just has a different sense it, fe- it feels like so many are on the same page because we're not getting distracted by something else people try to distract you to the looting and maybe the violence to, to take you eh, nah it's not strong yeah. enough it's not a strong enough thing right now to do to be able to do that i think there's more unity around this protest than i've been able to witness in the in in the past so i feel like this is a different time but if we're going to then go down a different road I think you got to be careful of that because you could simply lose the message again.
0: I see what you're saying, but let's be honest here. There's a reason why there's a lot of unity right now. There's a reason why you see NBA players, you see NFL players in the streets protesting. You saw Mark Cuban, you know, the the, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. See, he, he he was out there, you know, doing his part in the protest. There's a reason why everyone's united right now in how they want to choose to go about, you know, voicing their concerns. It's because there is no sports right now. There is no NBA. There is no NFL because obviously it's out of season, but there is no NFL right now. I'm curious to see what's going to happen if the playoffs start back up for the NBA. I'm curious to see what's going to happen that very first preseason game when all of a sudden now you're back on your job. You have the cameras all in front of you. What's going to happen? And I honestly don't know. But, like, I see what you're saying here, Brent, where you're afraid if guys are taking a knee again, well, then here we go again. You know, it's we're, we're, we're against the flag. We're against our troops and all that stuff. And I absolutely get what you're saying. I'm just saying the reason why we're not talking about it right now is because there are no sports to to try
2: to purvey that. But that might be a blessing in all of this. There's not. There's not anything to distract from a scoreboard to a team Mm -hmm. unity, and let's not break up the chemistry on our football team, basketball team, baseball team, Mm -hmm. uh, because we might have different views or or might not have as strong of views as others. Right now, that is potentially the greatest gain of this time period having the protests right now. There are not a lot of distractions. There Therefore, you can't get the people that are, well, either racist or don't want to jump in on this unity and community movement to, to go off on this different well, tangent. But if you yeah. create that tangent at some point, well, then you're inviting some of that. I just think uh, right now, at least, and at least for the next couple of weeks, maybe even the next couple months until football starts at NBA, we have this opportunity to to get this this movement. The, this change started and really get a head start on it because of the lack of distractions, if and the, you will.
0: And also, we can't lose sight of the landscape right now, either with COVID nineteen, right? I mean, as far as unemployment's concerned, it's you know it's at all time high right yeah. now. A lot of people don't have a job. You know, a lot of people are collecting unemployment. Well, you know, if those people have free time. A lot of those people are making their voices heard. A lot of those people are protesting because, sure, they're on at night because, you know why, they have to
2: work the next morning. So keep that in mind as well. Absolutely. And and so here's the thing. Uh, why does this feel different to me? And mm. again, this might feel different for you. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't feel that different. Mm. But I've asked the question the last couple of days, and I was thinking about it today, and I say say at this point, now we're a week into some of this, uh, it feels a little different. And some of the parts of why it feels a little different are some of the strong, strong, statements being made now some people will say a statement by a team an organization or whoever is eh, just a statement Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is you had to say that i I get it i I think some people do feel compelled i think to some degree we were asking are the jaguars going to say something are they going to do something Mm -hmm. but i do also feel like there are strong statements ben and jerry's issued a strong statement uh the the tampa bay rays issued a strong, strong statement.
0: Nike and Adidas working
2: together. So there are, and again, I'm just talking some sports oh, stuff, yeah, but yeah, there's the- all over the place. And so, and then we come to Shad Khan, the Jaguars owner, and not just the Jaguars owner. We know him as the Jaguars owner. This yeah. is a an international billionaire businessman who also owns a black television network. Obviously his son is running AEW All Elite Wrestling, another business enterprise, and he is spread out not only all over the country in cities like Detroit and Chicago, but also all over the world with factories and his business. And he also epitomizes the American dream. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's relatable. And in, in a white man's sport at ownership, he is a minority owner in yeah. the NFL. So we talked about some of these things. And I don't know if it's enough. I just know this was a very well-written yeah. op-ed piece by Shad Khan, and we wondered what will take – what's taking so long? Are they going to say something? I, I did text somebody last night. I said, hey, are the Jacks going to do something? I mean, they are going to do something, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, We're, yeah. like, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to hear something, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and – I wondered what it would be, and, and here we are this morning. And I'm not going to read it to you because it is lengthy. Yeah. I invite you to read it. Uh, you should, uh, much like uh, the Emanuel Acho yeah. video that we encourage people to take a look at. And then I showed my kids last night, by the way. Awesome. Uh, but the headline of this op-ed from Shad Khan is, Racism in all its forms will kill. It kills people. It kills communities. It kills dreams. It kills hope. Yeah. And he then goes on from there. What did you make of it? Um. I thought it
0: was fantastic. Um I thought it was awesome. You know, obviously we were kind of on the same page yesterday, where I called for Shad Khan to say something because, as far as the owners are concerned, he doesn't look like any other owner. All right, let's be honest. He he is not an old white man. Okay, he he is a minority, and I loved when Shad Khan, you know, voiced you know his concerns and he, and he voiced his opinions. It didn't appear like Shad Khan, the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, to me. Okay. It appeared as Shad Khan, the minority owner, because he used examples that he's encountered. He's used examples of, you know, of, you know, like the the foul language and things like that amongst his peers, mind you. I mean, he even mentioned like amongst people that maybe he works with or is associated with. Um I thought what he did was fantastic, you know, and I thought it warranted to be said. And I'm proud of Shad Khan. I'm proud of the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. And I can't say enough just how um, impressed I was with that letter. I guess if we're being honest here, and I'm always honest, you know, um, the reaction, and I think overall the reaction was great, okay? But there are people out there that are saying, why doesn't he donate some money? Why why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he do that? And you know what, man? It, it absolutely drives me crazy, Brent, because we've had this conversation a couple times now, right? We have this conversation where it's like, well, how much is enough? Like, if you turn your screen black for a day, does that show that you care or you get called out because you're not doing enough? For instance, we have the conversation with Emma Watson. I want to keep it on Shad Con here. But I just want to say this little thing. Emma Watson yesterday, big actress, you know, one of the biggest names in the world, changed her screen to black. And all some people are like, oh, so this is what you're going to do? This is all you're going to do now? Just change your screen to black and it's fixed? No, it's not fixed, okay? But that's her trying to do a small part to make things better. Shad Khan writing that letter, he made things better, okay? Like, it it shows that, you know what? He's on the side that I think, at least, the right side, okay? Like... I compare it to football all the time. When I was in a locker room, Brent, we had guys that played to win a Super Bowl. We had guys who just played for money to buy rims and cars. We had guys who just wanted to play for their families. We had guys who played for Jesus. Okay, we had different types of guys who played the game of football for different reasons. But when we went out there on Sunday... We all played to win. We all played to, you know what, to try to achieve a goal that was greater than ourselves. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. Whether there's people protesting in the streets, whether it's Shad Khan penning this great article, whether it's someone just changing their screen black, they're all doing it for different reasons, but they're all a part of the same team. And they're all trying to see the change. So we got to stop as a society calling these people out and say, well, you should do this. You should do more. You should do no more. No just be thankful that they're on the right team just be thankful that they're trying to get on the winning side and let's go from
2: there yeah very well said man uh, and and again I, I think it's tough to kind of uh, quantify how much people are doing you yeah. know I think that's a dangerous thing to get into mm-hmm. now can we ask that down the road could we ask that in hindsight uh maybe mm-hmm. maybe um, but I I I always say I said it on Monday I think it was. Any bit of help uh, that leads to good is is good. Yeah, you know, and uh, I'm not going to judge outside of that how you got there, what your motivation was, mm-hmm. did you do enough? Uh, hopefully, it's good and it sparks change. I do want to read this portion yep. of the op-ed because it it kind of ties in and relates to the, to Jacksonville. This was very um, far-reaching in terms of what Shad Khan said, and again, it's a bit lengthy uh, in its entirety, so I'm not going to read it to you, uh, but I will read this portion. Because it ties into Jacksonville, uh, and, and it will, might take a minute or so, uh, he says, I also know what impact economic opportunity can have on marginalized families. The most rewarding professional accomplishment of my life has been the recent opening of my company's automotive plants in the underserved areas of Chicago and Detroit. I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting uh, admission on his part. People in those areas only need an opportunity and hope to break the relentless cycle of poverty and oppression. It is inspiring and why I'm also committed with the Jaguars to investing in developments we invest vision for downtown jacksonville where new jobs will result in immediate and sustained livelihoods interesting note on his work in jacksonville because i think that's interesting as well on a sidebar note and i know this wasn't his intention here but there has been so much talk about moving out of jacksonville and london and toronto or whatever all this stuff is Mm -hmm. and i think once again he's he's for the one hundred time, uh, showing his commitment to not only the city, but neighborhoods uh, and business in Jacksonville, at least uh, with his words. And I think he's done so beyond his words in, in the past. Uh, he also says, my overreaching goal or mission is to do my part to level the playing field to everyone has that. Everyone has the same access and opportunity to achieve the American dream without fear or compromise. As a member of the NFL family, I recognize I have a unique opportunity to address inequity wherever it is present, expand opportunity for all who seek it and seek justice for all who deserve it. I take that responsibility seriously. Yeah. Uh, so acknowledging that he is the minority owner in a, in a white man's world, if you yeah. will, in the NFL in that billion dollar industry and, I honestly don't know what he can do. I know he's on other committees and things, but what can one person do out of thirty two, I'm not sure. But I know there are a lot of believers in the NFL and Shad Khan. Uh, I don't know I don't think that ties into his minority status. I just know there are I've heard I've been around the Super Bowls and drafts and NFL people and they say glowing things about Shad Khan as an owner. They like him as a one of the owners in the thirty two. White, black, minority, indifferent. Yeah. And different. yeah. And that could go a long way.
0: Yeah, you know, and what, what I enjoy about it, too, is because yeah, ShotKhan, obviously, he's an owner of an NFL franchise. So he has a giant platform. Um, he is on a pedestal. But what I got from this, this wasn't the pedestal. This wasn't really necessarily the platform of coming from NFL owner, Brent. He kind of brought it down to the human level. He brought it down to my level. He brought it down to your level. He brought it down to the levels of the citizens of Jacksonville. And he explained exactly you know, what he's heard. But also, I loved how he said, and I made the mistake for ShotKam myself, so let me be the first to apologize. He's not a self-made man. OK, because he even said he's not self-made. He had a lot of help around the way, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, along the way, whether it was white people or minorities. A lot of people helped Shad Khan to get where he's at right now. And he wants to give those same opportunities out. So I, I thought that was very eloquently put as well. So once again, I mean, where does Shad Khan go from here? What can he do? Listen, I'm just happy that he penned this letter. And I'm just happy that, you know, in, in this crazy time right now, he's trying to work towards the progress one
2: more part of this before we hit a break and then we'll talk about it on the other side but then the action right people mm-hmm. say well, okay this is, this is very nice very well written well done and i i would agree mm-hmm. what about the action part of it well i want you to hear this part of the letter where he says in jacksonville i frequently meet with jaguars players to better understand their experiences and concerns i can only imagine their range of emotions today in the wake of all that has unfolded in 2020 i know they are hurting yet also committed to doing good in jacksonville in the communities where they were raised and will always consider home mindful of this i will listen to the players in the days ahead with an exceptionally keen ear so we can work with them to make the transition from conversation to actionable plans in the name of lasting change. And I will do the same with employees and associates throughout my various businesses where the interests and concerns on this matter are no less vital. So that takes us to the action. Where does it go from here? A brief conversation about that. And then obviously the trending story of the day is Drew Brees. What he said, did it just fan the flames does it take us off the mission uh at all uh what drew Brees had to say why he's trending and, and for the most part not in a great way uh that's coming up action sports shacks on espn 690 hey welcome back action sports shacks on espn 690 uh, the drew Brees stuff is uh really capturing at least social media when he gets to that, in just a moment. He's capturing a lot of his
0: teammates' attention. Let's just say and, that, and
2: maybe then that's very interesting. Yeah, uh, and uh, I just have some real talk kind of thoughts. Uh, I don't use real talk very often, but I just kind of <laughs> did there. Hey, for those of you that have that bet in Vegas, go and catch it. Can up. we just
1: start a real talk with Brent Martineau? Like? <laughs>
0: real I mean, that's kind of that's kind of taken, right? Is real talk still a thing? Isn't it real talk with
2: Brian Gumble? Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Excuse me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, have, I've seen have that. Little, I've seen yeah, that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can H- do HBO like a side thing, like no, a, a minute like, long. Is it real talk or is it real sports? Oh, I thought it was that's real, real talk. Sports. No, oh, it's no. real sports with Brian Campbell. Uh-oh, hang on then. No, it's definitely real sports. It's a great show. Okay. Well, then I, th- th- I'm wrong. My bad. So we can't have real talk, real with, talk Brent with Brent Marno. Real talk with Brent Marno? I like
1: it's, it, man. It'll just be like a minute long of Brent just you know, putting his thoughts out there.
2: I is like is real talk, like, still a thing? Like, is not there a little phase there where everybody was saying, now, real, <laughs> real talk? talk yeah. Real,
1: so saying, like, real talk was,
0: like, the 100 and, like, the lit? Is a that getting A little bit, yeah. Um,
2: and and yeah, Kaylee has mean, told me that lit isn't a thing anymore, so no, I gotta be careful. Sorry, sorry, sorry Kaylee. It's bet. Is it it's bet? It's still bet. Is, bet is still bet? a thing. Ah! So the only person that says bet that I know is Marcel, Marcel Robinson. Robinson. Only drinks one. only soda. Only one. I've got a
1: few friends that are starting to say it, and when they say it, I'm just like... <laughs> I think
0: it used to be real talk with Bryant Gumbel,
2: and now it's real sports. Oh, prior to real sports, so real talk. we're both right. I think is he tra- that is he trademarked it because real talk with Brent Martell sounds a little better.
0: It's not bad. I mean, I'm not mad at it. What would you say yesterday <laughs> that you kind of copied Jim Rome a little bit? Yeah, yesterday I did w- copy what Rome. What was it? What I racked rack him. <laughs>
2: yeah, rack it. Yeah. I still don't know where that came from.
0: You played on a lot of pool what? I thought about that last
2: night. I was just chuckling to are myself. Are you going to Pete's
0: bar playing some <laughs> pool? What are you doing uh, on the night, man? What are you doing?
2: Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. Though. Uh, From a couple of laughs to some real serious talk uh, Mm -hmm. uh, coming up with Drew Brees. But also, we were talking about Khan. And before the break, I read what he had to say about players in Jacksonville and the Jaguars players. Uh, And I I think I heard somebody say 60% of the Jaguars players are minorities. I would think it almost would be more than that. uh, But that will give you an indication. And he, he... Shad Khan in his op-ed, uh, again, which you can find on all of our uh, platforms of uh, social media and com and ESPN690.com. I'm sure it's up there as well. Uh, Kuz does a great job of that. Uh, but the he, he says in here, we have to listen and then make an actionable plan. Mm-hmm. What could they do? Like what, You can talk to players. Like If you were a player in that locker room right now, yeah. what could Shad Khan listen to you and say, hey, as an organization, you can't change the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can change it small baby steps. But just in this city, and and at least a lead by an example. After these really nice words and well done and thought out uh, from Shad Khan, what would be next? I mean, what would you advise them? What where could you go with it? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the question is how do
0: you help? Um, you know, with racial injustice, you know, and the police brutality. I mean, how do you? How do you go against that or, you know, how, how do you fight that? And, I mean, that's, that's a very complicated question. It, it Let's is, be honest. Is,
2: there's no simplicity to There this. is no simplicity. So, so but, if there's not though, then you're like, okay, well, well, what do I do? I just said a nice statement no, or but, I donate a check, mm-hmm. but
0: what then? So to me, it's about helping out the organizations that are put in place to help combat this in a peaceful way, right? So whether you're donating, um, you know, to some of the protesters who are putting things on, whether they, they need, um, you know, just various, I guess, tools, things like that, you can spend your time doing that. You can spend your time around the community, um, raising awareness. You can go – obviously, the youth is the future, Brent, right? And, and you obviously want to – do as much for the youth as possible. So whether that's, you know, a player reaching out to a school, kind of talking a little bit about, you know, the, obviously school's not in session right now, but I'm saying, you know, getting a group of kids together, um, some kind of youth development programs. There's a lot of things that you could do that focuses on the youth, shaping young minds, obviously, and also helping out the community.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, that's a good point. I think those are things that other players have done, and mm-hmm. and social injustice, injustice movements have, have been doing mm-hmm. uh, since Colin Kaepernick and, and is, uh, I think, agreement and conversations with the nfl if you will uh i know san francisco recently said hey we're going to donate another million dollars to those kind of movements yeah listen money does matter in those things by the way money is important
0: it it absolutely does Uh, don't get it twisted it's not the
2: only thing it's got to come from a genuine place but it's it certainly um is a part of it so i think uh i think you're right uh in that regard it will be interesting to see it's a very young football team you know again we're talking about a guy last year in calais campbell Mm-hmm. Who Shad Khan talked to about Doug Marone and what's going on in their locker room and everything else? Well, they've traded that person away. You know, I can only think of how valuable calais Campbell would be right now here in Jacksonville for Shad Khan for any movement that's about to take place for this city for what he's already done uh, in the three years he was here. Mm-hmm. But the Jaguars Jack- really don't have that person uh, that you immediately think of who steps into that role. Who will be a part of that? Uh, that that Shad Khan can lean on mm-hmm. uh, in in the locker room. I'm talking about. So it'd be pretty interesting to to what comes about uh, after this. And and I, I believe Shad Khan will will put action together on this. I don't think these are just words.
0: No, absolutely. You know, and it's hard, right? Because you, you have an extremely young team in that locker room. You have guys coming over, like guys like Joe Schobert, who's going to obviously be probably leaned on as a captain this year, but. He's new to the city, right? I mean, I think he's still in Wisconsin right now. So, um, he hasn't really had a, a chance to get in of, ingrained in what exactly Jacksonville is quite yet. So we're talking about guys like, obviously, Miles Jack, um, I think is going to be a big leader. Uh, even Josh Allen, which is crazy that listen, he's going into a second season right now, right? He's still on his first contract. We're talking about Josh Allen's got to be a leader and that's just the way it is, man. Not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong. I'm saying that's the way it is. I mean, when you're mature beyond your years, like Josh Allen is, well, then guess what, man, you're a leader. So guys like Josh Allen, obviously Garner Minshew as well, going into a second year, yeah. um, can be considered a leader. Uh, so, listen,
2: I think a guy's a, a minority is DJ Chark and, and yeah. Juan Taylor, you mm-hmm. know, and and uh, young men, but uh, I, I think uh, would would rally around mm-hmm. some and of these things, and also be able to give good advice uh, to the owner of the football team. You know, it, it's an interesting relationship with Leonard Fournette here in Jacksonville, but Leonard Fournette is is a guy in his communities that lived a lot of this, and I say others haven't, mm-hmm. but I, I think could really be a. a uh, a man of change, uh, a you know, a catalyst for change and could really be on the front end of, of something like this. Mm-hmm. And we know what he does for the community, for kids, what kids, how kids uh, he impacts and and what they mean to him and how he remembers where he grew up. And mm-hmm. he knows his start. We talk about that a lot with Leonard Fournette. What's an interesting thing is how the kind of he feels perceived at, at right now as a football player in the organization, you know, yeah. even here, it doesn't feel like he's a long term part of it. But that doesn't mean he can't be short term part of it when it comes to something like this. And then in terms of growth
0: you want to talk about on that team i mean the, the testament to growth right now is leonard fournette right because what are we reminded of a couple of years ago we, we saw him punch a player in buffalo we, we see we saw him sit on the bench and then you know tom Kaufman calls him out and all those things leonard fournette gets fined Well, what does he do he cuts his circle a little bit of his friends which is one of the hardest things you can ever do is tell the friends that you grew up with to be like you know what man i'm trying to better myself we'll see you later he goes to, in the middle of wyoming trains by himself comes back in probably the best shape of his life and guess what has a pretty successful season, okay? Um, so I think in terms of growth and in terms of maturity, yes, Leonard Fournette's definitely got that. And obviously coming from an area where he grew up, it's obviously a good
2: guy to talk to about it as well. Yeah, and these issues have been front and center before in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they're front and center everywhere, but especially in Louisiana. And I think he had some reactionary um, or, or at least some comments at that time. Um, going back to that situation in Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I think Leonard Fournette's an interesting player in this, uh, with Shad Khan, with his words today, uh, would be someone I would like to hear from, uh, if I was, uh, Jags owner, uh, in, and in that locker room. Again, a very young locker room, but uh, youth is okay. You yeah. know, uh, youth is sometimes where you go uh it, you don't have to be a wise old man, although that helps sometimes uh, as well. All right. Uh, we're not going to play the Drew Brees sound right this moment because we're going to run right into the top of the hour. So let's take a break. When we come back, Drew Brees is trending. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in a good way for the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he said. Are people running away with a headline? Does this remind you of the Colin Kaepernick debate? And What does it mean potentially in his own locker room? Because players right now are coming out against Drew Brees. So uh, an interesting uh, last few hours for the future Hall of Famer and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Drew Brees of the uh, New Orleans Saints. We'll hear from him and discuss it coming up next on ESPN 690. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes